Hey, what's going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to the Palette Plug Podcast. This is episode seven with your hosts, Kyle and Corey. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the show. Uh, today, we have a special guest, Miss uh, Kate Matz with ePalette Inc. She's going to share a bit about her background, why she got into the palette industry. Uh, just You'll be able to feel her passion for palettes just through her story and her experience, which uh, I got the pleasure of learning about with my first phone call conversation with her. So, Miss Kate, would you care to tell us how and why did you decide to get into the palette industry? Yeah, well, first, let me thank you both for having me Absolutely. and sharing your afternoon. Corey, it's nice to meet you. And Kyle, it's nice to meet you as well. Um, I love following you guys. I love listening to your podcasts. And I do think that you guys have a great platform. Thank that you. So I appreciate that. <laughs> we appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> Very much. How, why did I get into the palette industry is actually interesting. My husband, Travis Matz, owned a palette facility with his brother-in-law and his father-in-law's Allegheny Recycle Products. They owned and operated it for 28 years. But when, when I met him, he had a facility in Pittsburgh and Jacksonville. And I was actually still working on my doctorate in speech-language pathology and I met him in Florida in a bar the week he was closing our Jacksonville facility. So we dated for five days in the state, and then he moved back to Pennsylvania. Mm. So five weeks later, I followed him. Wow, okay. 15 years later, I'm still here. Awesome. And we're still together. So, <laughs> All positive things. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's a good thing. I was fortunate to not only met my best friend that night, um, but my business partner and career in life. And we, I did a bunch of other jobs and random things because I was doing outside sales when I met him. And once we had our daughter, I took some time off and they asked, why don't you come work for us? As you gentlemen know, being a family owned business at the dinner table, you talk hmm. business. So it was a natural fit and started with three days a week, turned into five days a week. Fell in love with the industry and the people and the clients and the vendors. And next thing you know, here we are. <laughs> Excellent. And if I remember as well, you had mentioned that your family had also been involved in the pallet industry or were you were specifically referring to that situation? Yeah. So it was my husband's okay, gotcha, family. Okay, so gotcha, John Corey is my brother-in-law. Bill Biedenbaugh is my father-in-law. And the three of them were owners of the Allegheny Recycle Products for Gotcha. Years. Excellent. That's awesome. And so that was like... Christmas is yeah. interesting. Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of conversations of shipping and logistics and pallets and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and so like, how did, how did they get into the industry? So my father-in-law actually owned a garbage company. And the garbage companies were getting bigger and bigger, and he sold his garbage company and then turned into, what am I going to do with these pallets? So he started thinking mm -hmm. mulching, and he initially started a mulch facility, but then he realized that there was an industry for pallet repair. And he one of his first steps into it was the NWPCA, National Wood Pallet Container Association, and it was when we were mer when they were merging the new pallets with recycled pallets the Chet palettes, the blue palettes versus the white palettes. And, you know, he sat on, uh, he was a member for over 25 years of NWPCA and was a chairman and sat on many boards and committees. And I'm a true legacy to him now that I sit on that. Board. That's awesome. That is really cool. And yeah, we definitely have some more questions in regards to that. Uh, I think Corey has yeah. one 
uh, for you as well. Uh, <laughs> we have them written out. We're yeah, trying to make sure we share. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I know you you said that y'all were y'all operated uh, Allegheny for twenty eight years. Where where did that company end up? As so in December as, of twenty one. Um, right. As you know, during COVID, there was a lot of different. It was very tur- tur- turbulent in our industry. Um, oh, absolutely. And somewhat hostile. Uh, by hostile, I mean pricing, negotiations, never hostile in regards to clients, vendors. No, hostile in regards to where the marketplace was. And there's been several acquisitions. And to be honest with you, those acquisitions have changed our industry drastically to the point where I don't think we're ever going to see the history we used to have with small business owners having such a strong footprint in, in multiple areas. Instead, what we're seeing is larger companies acquiring the small business owners who typically are looking to possibly step out of the industry, especially if their children aren't looking to Mm -hmm. take it over. And people have asked me, what are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are, it's not a bad thing. The acquisitions are not bad. Ultimately they are good for the client because it's when Amazon came in, we all thought, oh no, Amazon, big bag Amazon. How many times do y'all order from Amazon? And if not, you realize when you come home and there's packages on the front step, and it saved her time from her day to go to the store. It helps the client. Now, has it hurt the little guys to some degree? Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Instead, it makes you work twice as hard. Yeah, that's that's it. And you're saying uh, like the ones who are currently still in that position, still owning their business, they're the ones who are working harder. Yeah, yeah and I. And you see a lot more partnerships too. You see the small guys who aren't willing mm-hmm. to sell partner with the bigger guys because they don't want them in their Mm -hmm. market. So instead of giving them a reason to come and take over a foothold in their market, instead, what can I do to work with you and keep you out of my market? And we did that for a good decade and a half. (laughs) It's a long fight. That's why we were acquired was we were the only player in our market. Gotcha. So it it made sense to be acquired is really the Mm -hmm. way to look at it. Gotcha. Well, and so from there, like you had worked at Allegheny, uh, recycled products. And then from there, I had seen, uh, on your LinkedIn that you had started to work for 4840. And so is that, would you mind speaking a little bit on that and kind of telling us about that? Yeah. So the reason why was in December of 21, we sold, we actually sold to 4840. Mike Hackman is, and has been a dear friend of our family for Mm -hmm. years. Um, he's got a funny story. If you ever get along so. with my father-in-law, Bill okay. Beanball, it was, he got off the first bus at the NWPCA and my father-in-law saw like the deer in the headlights and was like, I got you. Come on. <laughs> and that was one of the first people he met. And it was, if anything, I can say, I really enjoyed Mike Hackman as a person, um, as a boss, you know, working for him for almost a year. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. But when we were acquired, I'd been working in the industry for about six years, and I've grown in the industry, gaining knowledge, building relationships. Um, Based on the success, I was excited to go to when we were acquired for 4840 because it gave me a larger platform. And instead of being a little regional, I started to see um, a more national eye. I got to see the inner workings of a big company and kind of what you can see across the nation and the opportunities. So it, it was exciting and it was a wonderful time. That's awesome. 
and I know that uh, through that, like Corey and I have done a little bit more research too, uh, in regards to like your your background and history. And I know he had a, a question in regards to your transition from there. So, Corey, did you want to chime in? Uh, uh <clears throat> I mean, uh. Because I think that the what we had been discussing was like with your experience at forty eight forty, uh, you've now transitioned into another business, E Pallet Inc. As yeah. I had mentioned, E Pallets. How does E Pallet work? Is because to me, I think when I think like E Pallets, I think like all online, like you know, I can go on and buy pallets online and then ship them to my customer. That's interesting. So, um, yeah. That's not the platform <laughs> at all. So instead, okay. what they are primarily are, are brokers. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, they've been doing this since 1996, I believe. And we have seven of our own new and recycled mills, but primarily new is what the concentration is. And then what we've done, what ePallet does is we work as a bridge between the client needs and the vendor needs. And not only those needs, but it's a full service style. And that's something I'm extremely passionate about is if you can become a solution to multiple problems, it makes it harder for you to replace. Very good point. And you're getting a larger foothold in the door. So when somebody comes and says, I'll sell you a pallet for a dollar less. Yeah, but what else can right. you do for me? Right. So that's kind of where we're taking it is on a national level, servicing the industry is what can we do to work between the client's needs and wants the vendors needs and wants and what makes sense financially for all parties. Right. So e That's kind of how we do it. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, when, when, with, I got one customer that we pick up their cardboard and recycle it for them. And then what we do is we, we basically give them a credit towards pallets. Yeah. On, you know, on the pricing and stuff and they love it. They absolutely just eat Corey, it. Up. That's a great point. So <clears throat> what is the need and a want? If they need that financial reimbursement, okay, I'll reimburse you. Mm -hmm. If you want a cost savings, then I'll keep the profits from the cardboard and give you a reduced rate or free on the pallets, whatever mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah, it's listening and paying attention and, and trying to assist in all different avenues, not just like focusing on the one side of the business. Um, yeah. I, I was curious, so like when you were working at 4840, what made you transition into starting to work for ePallet? So that was interesting. Um, I've known Sandy. I'm trying to find this because I already went through this with you guys. But let me double check. Sometimes it can be be overwhelming yeah, to be okay. put on the so, spot, you know. So it's <laughs> not at all. <laughs> well, um, that's why we write. That's why we do the yeah, questions. Prepare. So, you know, right? you, you can come well, in and that. prepare but, and. So I have, I've known Sandy, Stacy, and Rich for several years attending NWPC events. Like I said, I've been with my husband for 15 years, so I used to attend as a girlfriend. And then I attended as a wife. And then I attended as a mother. Um, and then as an employee. And so it was nice to sort of see, we, we've all kind of grown up together. And we've watched each other's children grow. And um, that's why this industry to me is so family-oriented. But knowing them through conferences for years and networking through years, I admire Sandy. She's one of the founders of the ePallet. And um, Stacy as well, she came in from Mary Kay 
sales background. Her husband, Mike George, is one of the owners as well. And he saw, he heard her one day on the phone doing Mary Kay and was like, you need to come sell my talents. <laughs> <laughs> and they understood the, the struggle and the, um, what happens as a female wife transitioning into employee. And it was nice to have that conversation. And, you know, they, and then they really truly created a position for me on the national platform that wasn't there. So I was excited to have this opportunity. That's interesting that, so you, you had been going to these conventions prior to your like actual direct involvement in the industry. Oh yeah. And I encourage everybody cool. to actually, I'm working with the WPA, the Western Palette Association, and we're creating a kids <laughs> club for our oh, next nice. where you can not only bring your wife, because you know she wants to attend the auction and she wants to come and get a little mm -hmm. bit of a break, but we're going to host a kids club side where you can put your kid in a sleepless slumber party during the auction for a fee and they have a blast and you're bringing your family into it. And that's what we're about is this next generation. What are we doing to help grow and develop our family business yeah, and get them involved, teach them, educate them, give them some sort of, um, thing to look forward to at these conventions. It sounds like too. And it's really fun guys. I can't wait for you to start <laughs> attending when you bring your kids, like Corey, you bring your Mason, we'll bring my Mason and then they'll end up giving each other nicknames. So we know who's who. Yeah. I don't, I, I, will, I don't know about that. My, my kids are, <laughs> My kids are bad habits. No, stop it. They're wonderful. Yeah. Like it. Uh, well, he'll, my, my youngest is, is a very entrepreneurial kid. He, and he will sell pallets. He'll call me cause he lives in, he lives an hour and a half away from me and he'll call me. He'd be like, dad, this business has pallets. I made mom stop. And I went in there and asked him, they said, you can come get them. <laughs> I'm like, cool, dude. Just give me the address. I'll go down there. And get yeah. Oh, I love so that. He, he's all about. He's and he's been like that. I've been in the business six years, and he's he's always been about it. So you need to get him his own pickup truck. I'm working on that. He's 14. You right start now, picking so. him up yourself, and I'll buy yeah. him from you. Yeah. There you yeah. Go. But then I have a feeling he's going to be like, well, the market value is this right now. I'm going to need it. Like he understands all that at 14. So That's it's incredible. You're doing a good job. Very awesome. If there's anything so. to take away from that. Yeah. Uh, and so we've talked about the NWPCA. It's come up a couple times. Are, are you, you're part of this organization or are there any other ones that, that you're also involved with? So, yes. Um, at the NWPCA, it is the National Wood Pallet Container Association. Mm -hmm. And what that is, is that is, um, that is our national community that we come together you, you pay to be a mm -hmm. member and we have multiple events throughout the year for example we do we just finished our alc in fort worth texas alc is the annual leadership okay. conference this was our largest thus far with 733 wow. members and vendors that came it was incredible we had multiple keynote speakers we had timber specialists that came in and spoke we had economists that came in and discussed where we are at the marketplace we had an EOS spokesperson, how to engage in your industry. They had um, an EPD panel discussion with some of the top leaders in our market that, that run EPD systems and the benefit of having the trackings on your trailers and your, <clears throat> and your trucks and your pallet loads. And if you're having comments or questions or concerns, how you can funnel that all into one system. 
we also have female um, a leadership, a female empowerment breakfast. And I always push them to make it at 11 with mimosas. <laughs> Instead, we're at eight fifteen every time. With mimosas still, or no mimosas? No, no mimosas. Come on! But it's nice to see the females get together. It's nice to see the men and women get together. It's nice for you to talk to a peer in the industry that may be having struggles. Now, I do warn everybody at every meeting. We do over antitrust laws, and there there's no price talking. There, that's collusion that's against the law. So anybody who's new coming into these meetings, um, I do have a stern conversation that says just know that that's not an option. You don't want to be right. caught well, in that. That's the way we are here. You know, sorry to cut you off, but no, please. You know, we, you know, we don't like me and Kyle have sat down and said we're not going to talk about yeah. pricing because we understand that it's regional. Mm-hmm. You know, what I get, what I get in Lubbock, Texas, is not what they get in Dallas or Houston or San Antonio or Oklahoma City. You know, it's all, and that's the beautiful thing about the pallet industry. It's very family oriented, like 110%. And, you know, uh, it's all regional. You know, I mean, you know, when you look back, like I have a 4840 solution uh, facility that's like 45 minutes from me. You know, can I compete on that level? No, because I'm not that big. But I get to deal with the customers that need 200 pallets here, 100 pallets here. You know, and it's a little more, uh, and I've told Kyle this, you know, I like dealing with the companies that are like that, the little mom and pop businesses that, you know, only need 100 or 200 pallets that don't have the storage room for a semi truck, you know. So that's where I get the shine and stuff like that versus, you know, where like 4840, you know, where they, they hey, man, we, we want to sell you truckloads. You know, we want to we want to drop that trailer off and let you just, you know, pull pallets out of it as you need it and stuff like that. So, you know, it's it's very regional. And like me and Kyle said, we don't talk about pricing. We don't talk about, you know, we don't want to bat. We don't bad mouth anybody. No, no. So that's, you know, because it does get around the the pallet industry is is a really cool industry. You know, Mm -hmm. it's an 86 billion dollar a year industry, you know, and so. You know, your your reputation very well precedes you in well, this industry. Well, that leads to one of your questions you had is if you ha- if I knew someone who wanted to start a business, what advice would I give them? And I sat down with my husband and we really talked about this one because starting a business is a big chance. It's a big risk for you and your family, The finan- not just the financial involvement, but the time you're investing in it. And so... Ultimately, what I came down to saying is I would advise anyone to start with a secure, legitimate core supply. Mm -hmm. And then from there, you need to provide impeccable customer service and conduct yourself with integrity and honesty. Because to your point, Corey, in this industry, all you have is your name. And if you're honest and transparent while you build meaningful relationships, you're going to be amazing. If you cut corners and if you short mm. loads and you know the tricks of the trade some people do you're gonna to your point tarnish your name and that's all we mm-hmm. have is our name in this yeah. industry and mm-hmm. it, it, it's it kind of always like it always baffles me in, in regards to that because i think that i've always just prided myself on trying to be as honest as possible so i, I always think that it's like not only is it like a business name, but your, your name is connected directly to that business name. So it's almost, 
I'm very much a strong believer that it's like there, if you're not taking pride in what you're doing and you're not able to be honest about it, then something is wrong or off about what you're doing. You know, now, when I do want to clarify when I do say um, short loads or, or mm -hmm. skew counts. One thing I do like to have conversations with new vendors and providers up front is what is considered a scrap? I want a clear definition of a core scrap. Because is it three or more repairs or is it five mm. or more repairs? Because it's different to each individual. Right. And to that point, NWPCA's Recycle Committee, um, as well as the Standards Committee, we are coming together and creating, we're working on creating a grade nice. standard. That's excellent. I think industry. that would be super helpful. That would be yeah. awesome. Because then how many plugs consists of a standard B versus like a, a B plus or a one or a two or, you know, are staples and plates acceptable mm -hmm. or are they not? So if we created a standard in the recycled world, like you see in the new, mm -hmm. I think that'll Absolutely. help. But as far as cores go, that really depends on the facility themselves and what your expectations are for repairable products. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, I've got customers that, you know, we can take a pallet and I can run it up to Travis at LNL pallets. And, you know, if it's missing a bottom deck board, he does, he used to do seven, no more than seven repairs would be a core. And then they started getting a lot of pallets that, you know, okay, met that, that bare minimum standard. So then they were like, okay, well, we're going to back it down to five. And that's fine, but you just need to communicate that. Right. And so, you know, I have a customer that as long as the, the, the integrity of the pallet's good, the top deck is good, and the two bottom lead boards are good, they're happy. You know, and so, it, it, like you said, Kate, it falls back to knowing what your customers want and what they are willing to accept because not everybody grades mm -hmm. the same. You know, what I, what it, you know, I can take my pallets up to Travis and, you know, he may call – you know, he'll, I'll be like, oh, that's a core. And he was like, oh, no, it, you know, just because it's, it's missing a nail, you know, it's a B, it's fine. You know, and then I may run it down to like Stephen down in Midland, Texas. And he's like, oh, this is a core. You know, to me, it's a core, but this is a B. So it, I, I do agree that we do need an industry standard on what. Yeah, that would help you, especially to say, no, no, this yeah, is the standard. Absolutely. Yeah, this is the standard. And so what, what does exactly the NWPCA do? So what we do is twice a year, I apologize, yeah. um, we do the ALC, the annual, annual Leadership Conference. And then in the fall, we have a fall plant tour. Traditionally, it's two to three plants. Last fall, we were in Augusta, and it was amazing. Um, we went to, oh my gosh, it's on the top of my tongue. Oh, think of it. I'll have to look it up okay. and let you know. But we went to some new lumber mills and... Bob Swan is one of the owners. <laughs> and it's okay. It'll come. it was raw lumber. Like they have their own oh, forestry. Wow. So that was from the mm -hmm. forest to the logs being stored outside, kept wet, to running through the debarker, to running through this amazing system that it looked like a video game. This guy was sitting in a chair playing a video <laughs> game. And what he did was the lumber was getting sliced into the deck board thicknesses. Wow to be used for whatever. So it could be housing material. It could be, it wasn't necessarily pallets, but then the additional lumber 
the excess lumber, what have you, was used for the pallets. And then all of the scrap ended up being mulch. Mm. So mm. it was a true 100% recycled wow. facility where start to finish, you got to see the whole process. And it was pine trees that they were running. And the pine trees in the whole place smelled like Christmas. <laughs> Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah, no problem. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's exciting. And <laughs> I think to just kind of loop back to what she was saying about the grading, I think that that's super important. Um, I think that it would be extremely oh, really helpful because I know that you and I have discussed grading. I think that within the Facebook group that, that we have, like that grading comes up quite often. So if, if, well, that's the thing though, like she said, you know, what, what makes a B, what makes a B plus, mm -hmm. what makes an A, what makes a double mm -hmm. A, what makes a triple A, you know, that's, you know, we need a set standard, Absolutely. yeah you know, that everybody needs to be playing yes. on. Agreed. So, so we're going to work on that and that might be something I might come back and ask you. Hey, we got, we got a oh, group absolutely. of 6,000 people to, on Facebook, you know? so I'm sure we'd, they'd, be wonderful to you know get everybody's opinions and thoughts and put them together and see yeah. what we can do and then they also run the pds the palette design okay. system that's right. something nwpca created with oh Project really Tech. so if you are a member you do get a discount or oh okay system. i didn't know that and in june we're actually doing a washington dc fly-in where we're meeting with both sides of um the political parties we have dinner one night with the republicans one night with the because they don't like to and dinner if you together. Are not a part of our palette pack, I highly okay. recommend it. The palette pack is the political action committee for the National Wood Palette Container Association. It is a personal donation. It is not a corporate donation, so you cannot put it on the company, which some people, you know, are confused <laughs> by. But this year we're going for sixty-five thousand dollars in donations. Okay. And last year we supported seventy candidates. Fifty-nine of the candidates that we supported won their election. 25 states are represented through the different contributions. 100% of the contributions go to incumbents who won their reelection. Then 84% won the races. So it's 15 Democrats last year and 44 Republicans that we directly wow, supported. Wow, that's incredible. And so now is that when you say supported, I mean, we're no, we're no by no means a, a political <laughs> uh, deal, but... But the government entity does control our industry as far as forestry, you know, shipping uh, internationally and stuff like that. <clears throat> you know, are these people that, you know, when you, when y'all go out and talk to like the Democrats, are these people that have, are trying to protect our industry as far yes. as making sure that, you know, the, the, the lumber companies, the sawmills can do their job with, you know, government oversight and making sure that they're following government standards as well as, you know, like the small guys like me, you know, where like last year I only, I ran like 9,000 pallets through my facility, you know, is there a way like, you know, obviously there's still laws that I have to follow and rules that I have to follow. So, yes. you know, the they, they have our, our back and their asset as far as wanting to make sure that we're able still to continue business. So actually, um, you're 100% correct. They are the ones we talked to about Farm Bill concerns. They're the ones we talked to about ISBM 15 concerns. They're the ones that we talked to about the heat stroke OSHA new regulations, as well as the um, new rules and regulations for forklifts. Hmm. Uh, those are the ones that 
we can bend their ear and and say, hey, are you listening to what makes sense and mm-hmm. what doesn't? And while we were there, we actually did a government affairs dinner, not dinner, but quick meet and greet. And I'm pulling up who the attendees were because we had three separate and they were Western um, because the Western caucus was in town meeting. So we had three separate congressmen's attire. It was Congressman Cliff Bentz, as well as Representative John Dewart and Representative Doug Lamafa. So two of those three are personally farmers, rice farmers, goat farmers. um, And the other one has worked in the wood industry. So when they sit there and they talk about like, listen, like Doug Lamafa, I believe he has a rice farm. And his concerns were, you know, not only do we need to look at what's going on with the pallets we're shipping, but we need to look at where are we going with an industry and keeping jobs within Mm -hmm. our country? What are we doing to drive more revenue within our country? What are we doing to create more jobs within our country instead of shipping that overseas? Good point. Those are the ones that, and I, the fly-in is open to members only at this point and right now because we are seeing such an uptick in attendance, the plant tours are open to members only. But we also have, for example, we launched a couple of years with the Canadian WPCA. Nice. So we have okay. our Canadian meeting in Montreal, and that is in October. And um, Fernando Lopez is our Mexican NWPCA president. Nice. And he is, um, they are doing the Guadalajara in September conference. Oh, so nice. we are literally becoming not just the United States national NWPCA, but we are working multinationally. And at the conference we were at, we had Brazilians, we had wow. Scottish, we had people from international platforms attending our conference and giving their thoughts. And opinions. that's awesome. And so you you are. You had mentioned you're you're on the board of the WNPCA. Yes. What what all do you have your hand in in regards to that? And and because uh, <laughs> I know that you had told me that you you do a lot of different things within that. So I know, I know. you you know I'm crazy. <laughs> Everybody knows I'm crazy. You like to stay busy is is what I would say. Right. I do want to tell you though too that the NWPCA staff mm-hmm. is amazing. Um. Brett and his team, I cannot say what a good job they're doing. They're, they keep us all on track. They keep us all where we need to be. Maybe make sure we're all safe and we're back on the bus. <laughs> Sometimes those those late evening meetings. <laughs> uh, well, even when we were in Monterey last time, she was like, hey, kids. okay, nice. we're all together. Are we all, so nobody got gotcha. taken. Um, but it's wonderful. Uh, and they do, like I said, they do government affairs. Um, we have the Western Palace Association. It's a different one, but as the 13 Western states, that's an option to some of your viewers. And they are considered the friendliest organization. <laughs> they are super friendly and a great group of people to be around. But as far as what I am a part of, I am the NWPC. I am on the board of directors for NWPCA. I sit on the industry marketing committee, as well as the government affairs. Um, ePallet is also a member of the WPA, where I sit on their state advocacy and revenues committees. Uh, I'm engaged with the University of Pittsburgh's Institute for Entrepreneurial Excellence, so that supports small businesses in the Pittsburgh and surrounding areas, as well as Pittsburgh Women Leaders Group, 
and I'm currently running for my county's. <laughs> Staying busy. busy. Staying busy. Yeah. My husband laughs and he says, I, I have a saying I've always said since I've known him. And my thing is, is if I was raised that if you want to see change, you have to be a part of the change. And if Absolutely. you don't, and if you're not engaged and you're not involved, then you don't have a right to complain because yeah. you're not doing anything to make yeah. a difference. Yeah, I agree. I think after we had that conversation, I had like posted that within the Facebook group where I was just like, somebody told me this the other day. And like, it, it resonates, you know, I think that it, uh, it makes a very big point where it's like, if you're not actively involved in anything, then like, why are you going to sit there and, and complain? Cause you're not making any sort of difference or, or effort to change it. So you're going to complain. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's totally fair. Corey, are you looking? Yeah, I'm just because uh, I know we haven't really talked much about like ePallet uh, as a whole, or and like what yeah, you guys specifically. Well, you kind of brushed on it and um, mentioned it, but would you mind going further into detail? You're like a brokering. Yeah. What What is your exact role? Well, that's too. Yeah. Are you in sales? You. Well, I mean, what is what yeah. What exactly do you do for them? So I am the national sales executive and team leader for our house team and houses are internal sales. So we have outside house sales, people that have their regions, their territories, their states, and they've been managing those for years, um, like decade wow. plus are those sales people. Okay. And we noticed that there was 24 states that weren't necessarily being utilized. So that's one of the reasons why Jen Lee and Sandy and Stacy and Mike George brought me in. So I work with um, a team of four and we oversee 24 states. Wow. I was hired to establish a larger presence in the recycled division of ePallet because like you said, Corey is primarily everybody thinks it's just an e-commerce or a new and it's not, we have opportunities. So we work cl closely with our vendors across the nation to meet the needs and provide them with the full service. We also work on their EPD needs, their space restraints, like you were saying with the cardboard. If you only have one dock to utilize, you can't have three vendors. Mm -hmm. um, and then one thing that I'm passionate about is if I notice that somebody's having staffing issues when I call them and they're like, hey, you know, I just can't find staff, I just can't find staff. That's a struggle we all see. So with Allegheny Recycled Products, we went a different route and we actually employed a lot of three-quarter house, halfway house, ex-felons, and we service um, corporate chaplains of America. Kyle, you and I mm -hmm. spoke about this. I'm glad you're bringing it up. And I was because I was when you're talking about Allegheny, I was like, wait, wait, wait. There was a lot more to that. So I'm sorry to cut you off. Go yeah. right ahead. <laughs> no, 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 no. I love that yes. you remember that. So um, corporate chaplains of America, they are a non-religious um, group. They don't service one sort of religion, but what they do is they mentor and guide and work with. Anyone. Fortune 500 companies use them. When I was at the Omni in Fort Worth, I met their corporate chaplain who was there on site visiting the employees. So it doesn't have to be ex-felons. That just happened to be our niche. And that's something that I talk to a lot of pallet facilities about because we have a hard yeah. job. It's very labor intensive. Retention is hard. Weather climates are hard. Um, those are things that you know, certain individuals, especially ex-felons and people who have found a hard life, they can mm -hmm. handle it. But 
the struggle is, is when they're released, they don't have a, a support system, let's say. So once you serve your time and you finish your parole, you don't have a support system. So you just go back to where you came from. Well, we noticed that we had a larger retention with corporate chaplains because we're using Sean Kirkland now. And we've had him for eight years and he comes every Thursday and he meets with the guys and new guys are hesitant to talk to him. But once they start, you notice that they open up and they share information and he has a relationship with UPMC. So if anyone's hurt or injured, he can go check and, you know, not break any HIPAA laws or rules or regulations. But and we, we can send care packages or things through him and it works. And another thing is with the employees, I, as a wife, I would always bake cookies, like 12,000 cookies at Christmas <laughs> for the guys because I don't know where yeah. they're going to be. So they got something homemade. My daughter would dress up like an elf <laughs> or Santa. And she comes to the plant and hands That's them awesome. out. When we had deaths, I would make homemade lasagna and the guys will say, hey, when are we getting lasagna? I was like, pray you never yeah, get my lasagna. Like, a <laughs> but it's it's one of those things where, you know, Eddie Pallet, because they are still family owned, they support those my interests in that and they work with me to build those relationships and service clients on a larger platform. So not only do we do national bids, but Corey, I would utilize you for two hundred pallet pickups. I would, that is where I feel like that's kind of one of the other reasons why I was excited to come to ePallet was it, I had that family feel again. I wasn't sitting with 5,000 mm -hmm. people at a conference. I was sitting with 22 of us at a Christmas party. Right. And that's, it's, that's you know, crazy that like, even as a national company that you guys are still willing to, or not even willing, but like just that you have that ability, you know, it's not something where you're like mm, 200 pallets, like, no, we're okay. You know, like it's, it's not a truckload, you know, like you guys still focus on trying to use and find smaller guys across the board. Listen, every pallet That's, counts. Yeah. I'm with your son. Really right? does. Go get those pallets. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I'm very, I'm very fortunate that like when I, when people get into this, I always ask them two things. What do you want to get out of this? You know, and where do you want to go? You know, are you, do you want to be, and Kyle can back me up on this. You know, do you want to be that weekend warrior where you're just picking pallets up and Hey kids, I made $250 this weekend. What do y'all want to go do? Or be like me where that's where I, I just started, you know, picking up pallets. Cause I had an 80 year old guy come by <laughs> to the shop I was at and he was like, yeah, man, I supplement my social security with this. I do about five to $600 a week. And I'm like, well, I'm, you know, 30, see, I was what? 33, 32 at the time. Baby. Like, man, yeah. Kyle made me realize how old I was today. Cause I'm 10 years older than he is. Oh my and, God, Kyle, you're such a baby. I'm, I'm 27. Yeah. That's still that's a lot of life. I feel like for so, me, it is. No, no. For me, it is. <laughs> We're just getting started, yeah. buddy. But uh, a lot, all right, I'm an old soul. You know, we just uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm an old soul. <laughs> I forgot where I was going uh, with this. So you supplemented. Yeah. You wanted to start yeah. getting. Oh yeah, so so I started picking up pallets. Still working at the body shop, and my manager at the time, 
just told me, hey, you know, I was getting ready to go to my sister-in-law's wedding. And he was like, hey, this job's more important than your family. And that's when I was just like, I'm done. So no, went to the not. wedding, came back. I loaded my stuff up and I was gone. Like, and see, I feel like that's kind of where, that's kind of how we stumbled into this. And we all stumbled mm -hmm. into it. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. We want to do something that we can do, that we can be proud of. Kyle, to your point, that we can put our yeah. name on. And then, Corey, to your point, <clears throat> we could do for our family and be there for our family. And that's why I see a lot of family businesses in this industry. Because at the end of the night, guys, you're sitting across from your wife. And most of the time, your wife is doing your books. <laughs> yeah. Not mine. She, <laughs> no. she, she, she has her own business. You know, she she's like, you go to your... South Palette? I'm just saying. I might yeah, be she's you. Uh, she runs a daycare, so she loves kids and like she's fantastic with it. And so she's she's been at the same daycare facility for about six years now. And okay, so I, I can't complain. Her the owner is is a fantastic woman, and you know she does anything and everything she can for us. And so you know, my wife she goes to work at like five thirty in the morning and then gets off oh. at like five six o'clock in the evening. So. She, when she comes home, she wants to sit down on the couch and just like zone away from everybody because dealing with yeah, yeah, yeah not nice talk about glass pilots. of wine and rub her feet. And <laughs> appreciate it because that's what we all need. I don't care what anyone says. Oh, she's very much appreciated. I mean, there's times like I I couldn't do it without her. Like, see, you know, there's there's days when I'm like, oh man, I need to go down to Abilene, Texas, or. San Angelo, that's like three hours away. And she was like, well, what do you need? And I said, well, I need a little bit of gas money. And she was like, here, go, go get your pallets and get out of my house. So, <laughs> you know, she supports me in that direction. And, she supports getting him out of the know. house. <laughs> yeah. Well, one day so, I look forward to meeting yes. her. Hopefully. Uh, I can definitely say if it wasn't for her, I probably wouldn't be in the position I'm in. Well, there you go. So a lot of the, a lot of the, Stuff that I've got to experience over the last 13 years have been a blessing from her. So that's awesome. You know, she puts up, she puts up with me. So and I'm, I'm a hard deal to handle. So I'm, I'm curious, like with all of the different roles that you've had within the industry, uh, like what was that, that kind of just how, how has it shaped your outlook, you know, and perspective and the direction of the industry you've been in the mom and pop, pallet yard you've worked in a national company you've worked now and you're working within another national company but doing multiple different things and being a board member so like what what is it? you know like what's your perspective and and go ahead <laughs> so going through the different stories um chapters i would say when i was at arp i was raw learning the industry and my biggest challenge was to identify quality course supply, adjusting pricing and stay ahead of the marketing curve. That's our biggest challenge when you get into this market, when you get into this industry as a whole. In my brief time with 4840, I learned the industry was experienced the unprecedented change we discussed about acquisitions and it will honestly change our industry forever. You guys being, you know, six years in, Kyle, how long have you like been doing three this? Three at this point, so not a long time. Yeah. Three years in, you're never gonna see what the past generation yeah. saw. It's just not going to be like that. 
Um, and then at ePallet, I've learned the brokerage side, which is fairly new to me. Um, and teaching my vendors to trust mm. ePallet because to both of your points, when we talked, well, what do you, what does ePallet mm-hmm. do? You know, and what's the best for both parties? So that's kind of where I'm, I'm at now. And I'm enjoying the level of responsibility in developing and managing the team while expanding our platform out West. Cause that's pretty much, you know, where I'm looking to grow our business and our network. But what I can honestly say is your integrity, your name, and just the honesty and transparency. I was fortunate enough to have been raised mm-hmm. with that mindset and it's helped me through this industry as well. Yeah. I think it's super important. And it's, it's like, if you are that way as an individual, then it transitions very easily into business. So it's helpful. I feel I was also raised that way. It's just like, be honest, be don't, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'm not a liar. You know, that's all I have to say in regards to that. Mm-hmm. Um, do what you yes, say you're going to exactly. Do. Yeah. Well, and, and Corey had said something about that. We were on the phone earlier and, and he was like, I I'm half Italian. And he was like, the one thing I've learned about Italians is that if they say they're going to do something, they're going to do it. And I, I like to think that I follow through on that. (laughs) And another thing I heard recently that made me laugh was Italians love concrete. It's it's an up here thing. That's a, well, I mean, you're up in the, you're in Pittsburgh, right? So you, you understand. Yeah, I was at a pallet company and it's an Italian owned and, Everything. Was oh, oh, like there was no gravel anywhere. It was I all see. paved. We're very. Like, oh yeah, Italians. They love. We're they clean, love clean people. <laughs> you know, we like we like things clean for, for the most part. It depends. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. That's Not out here, our topsoil changes hands more than the properties do. <laughs> so that's funny. I was on the phone with Kyle earlier today, and he was like, "Dude, I can yeah. barely hear you." And I'm like, "Yeah, the wind's blowing very you know, aggressively." So, yeah, our window lack of I I am curious, and I know that um, you know I had, I had pre- presented you with this question, and it's always a tricky one. But like, if you could start over, is there anything that you would have changed about what you've done and and the path that you've gone down? Yeah, no, <laughs> I would never change any of my decisions, and the answer is because they led me to where I am today. Um, if you were to ask me what advice I would give myself in my earlier Mm -hmm. years, I would honestly say, be brave, be confident, know your product, know your industry and ask the question. The worst thing that can ever happen to you is that someone says no. Right. Okay. Well, at least you asked (laughs) and you got the answer. I I live that life on the unknown. That's what you live, right, Corey? I live that life. It, the worst thing somebody can tell me is no. Okay. I walk into a business and talk to somebody, and I love it when they tell me <laughs> no. I love it. Tell me no, because I'm going to see you in two weeks. I'm going to see you in three weeks. I'm going to see you next month, and I'm going to stop in, and I'm going to ask again about your pallets. Or, hey, do you need pallets today? You know. And I learned that as a car seller. I used to sell cars for Nissan. And so I learned that early on that even though somebody tells you no, they just mean no right then and there. They don't mean no three months from now, a week from now, tomorrow. It's it's no right now, but it doesn't mean no in the future. Yeah. And you just have to follow up with them and stuff like that. And 
Yeah, the, the biggest fear that people have is being told no. To me, well, I gotta that, get that. Yeah. Okay, so you have an answer. Either move on or yeah. try again. Yeah. And failure. People are scared of failure. Well, and, and I love know, failure. I think so. it's learning. You know, that's the biggest thing to take away from it is it's like a failure does not necessarily mean that you're not and now you good at anything. Hi? It just means that like you get to learn Mason. from that experience. Jordan, <laughs> do you want to come say hi? <laughs> we'll sign off from the kids. Oh, wait, was no, that not you not. <laughs> It's okay. Yes, Corey has a Sunday, Mason. Okay. Not a problem. That's okay. It happens. So she's our Mason, gotcha. Jordan, Matt. I thought That's I was doing okay. it. <laughs> oh, you're good. <laughs> Not a problem. Name. Not a problem. Um, All right. What what happened here? Well, so, I mean, the, the, I think the last thing that, that I would be, and I know that you've kind of like touched on it, but it's always better in my opinion to ask it directly as a question, but what are some of like the most important lessons that, that you've learned working within this industry and the people in the industry? Well, I think that's a really good follow-up question to the previous one. Um, what would I change or advise? And I would say that I've learned to become knowledgeable and confident about my product as well as my industry. And then when you have the option to be a part of the development of your industry, please jump in with both feet. No matter what your company size or your gender or your race, you have something to contribute. You may even have more to contribute on a platform that we haven't even touched on or discussed because we didn't know it needed to be discussed. So that would be my lesson is... 15 years ago at the first conference I went to, I absolutely never would have thought I would be sitting on the board and we would have sold our family mm -hmm. business. So just jump yeah. in. You're going to be successful if you give it your all. That's a good point. And I, and I, I really appreciate that. And I feel like that's why I was excited to have you on. And like our first conversation lasted for as long as it did, because I just felt like you provide so much value and the passion that you have for this industry and the people in it like really shines through and your encouragement of getting involved and participating and you know no matter the size wherever you're at in life like just be willing to be open and participate and uh, it's a great way for people to learn i think that that's the biggest thing and that's really what we're trying to do here you know is to give people a platform and an opportunity to share so that somebody else can listen to that story and say, oh, well, I could possibly relate to that. Or like, Corey, you did. You had an 80 year old picking <laughs> up pallets and you were like, you know what? I'm going to change the tra trajectory of my entire life. Yeah. Because I came. My wife wasn't too happy about it at first. She was because, well, I was bringing pallets in on the trailer and I'd park the trailer in the backyard and she was like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, right. We're not those people. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. yeah. We, we got well, pallets out back. <laughs> I grew up like, I'm fourth generation metal scrapper. So my great grandfather worked in the oil field and he scrapped metal. My grandfather scrapped metal. My dad scraps metal. And so she so was you like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, like you know, family we, tradition. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I still pick up scrap, uh, scrap metal here and there. I've got a friend that's a professional appliance installer and okay. I, yeah, don't ask me how he jumped on that career path, but uh, he does very well for himself. So, 
you know, and that's the thing though. I wish a lot of the, you know, like when we go to career day in high school and stuff like that, I wish people would have showed up for that instead of you need to go to college because, yeah. yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've got, I've got two college degrees. So, you know, listen, and, I think that's one of the best things that we can tell anybody is there are other jobs. Absolutely. Options. There are other successful job options. Yeah. You can be extremely successful in life and you don't have to have a doctorate or, mm -hmm. you know, have a master's or I'm a psychology major. <laughs> I'm slinging wood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you know? I mean, it, but at the same time, though, being a psychology major, it, it helped you deal with, you know, when you were at Allegheny and y'all were hiring the, the ex-convicts and the people coming out of prison and parole and, it, it helped you understand where they were coming from also. You know, it made you more of a compassionate person. Yeah, but I, you know, get it. <laughs> yeah. I still give them a lot of grief. Don't, don't let my, my guys fool you, but I will tell you, um, everybody that meets the staff at Allegheny will tell you, not only is it a family when we were owners, but it's a family with the employees. So that's just kind of who we are. Yes. Yeah. Is it's inclusion, you know? making people feel like they have a place where they're at. And yeah, I think it's super important. And, um, I just want to say thank you for coming on Kate. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day, sharing your stories, uh, your involvement within the industry, encouraging others to participate and to be part of the change and not be afraid of getting involved in things that they might not know nothing about or might know nothing about because it's a way for you to learn. It's a way for you to uh, continue to grow both personally and professionally. So thank you. I appreciate you coming on thank today. Thank you guys. Anything else you'd like to yeah, include? Anything else you want to say? Get yeah. involved. Get yeah. involved. Let me know how I can help you get involved. What can I do? You can be my guest at an hey. event. I would love to have you guys. Oh, we would love to do that. Doing something that nobody else is doing in this industry. Well, thank you. We're we're excited to be doing this, and we just want to continue to get out there and and have people on, have them share their stories. We were, well, never mind. I don't like to talk about what we think about in, until it happens. You know, I'm very much a like I don't say it until it's done type of person. But but yeah, and and well, Kyle Kyle's the brainchild <laughs> of this, the Palette Plug and the Palette Plug podcast, and. You know, he hit me up one day. And he was like, "Hey, man, you want to do a podcast? Let's well, do it." Let's it it's it. also because Corey is very helpful within the Facebook communities. You know, <laughs> like he goes out of his way to try and involve himself in conversations about grading and and getting started and all these things. Like he says, like he will literally reach out to anybody who's like, "Hey, I want to get involved," and he'll say, "Why and where are you planning on going with this?" And I, it's very helpful. And I love that you guys are getting the, your LinkedIn activity is growing and developing. Yeah. So that, that was my fault. That, that was my fault. I was no. honestly, he was, he was just looking through. I was, sitting one day. There, I was sitting there one day and I'm like, Oh wait, they're, they're doing a, the national pallet container. People are doing a deal in Fort Worth. I'm on the other side of the state in Lubbock. And I'm like, I'm going to follow them and just start seeing what's going on. And then, I'm like, reach out to this person. And Kyle's like, what are well, you doing? I, <laughs> Just watch. Yeah, Just watch. I had never It'll thought work. about LinkedIn. Like, Just, you know, it, it, you, I, I had been on it and I used it, but then you played. Well, what you're going to see is, um, in my experience, the LinkedIn. So the Facebook is great because it's your user yes. side. 
palette to palette yes. guy side. I love that. But what you'll see is the LinkedIn side is where you, you deal with the client questions right. and concerns. And mm -hmm. it's bridging a gap because not as many of our palette owners or palette guys are on LinkedIn. Exactly. Yeah, not not many. So it, it, you're, once, once you guys start merging these two platforms, I really feel like you're going to be able to connect the client with the proper vendor. And that is your goal. Yes. And ultimately, I want to be a part of that because that's what <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So let me know how I can <laughs> Hey, you being on, you you participating, uh, willing to talk about it and share, you know, I think it's it's all very helpful, you know, from from the podcast to like my website, the palette plug itself to the Facebook uh, group that we have, you know, I think that it's all meant to continue to create a network and community of people to share and uh, learn from each other. So again, thank you very much. Kate. Well, thank you guys. For really appreciate it. And uh, oh, I hope you. you enjoy the rest of your day. Take care. You too. Bye.